Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a crowd podcast. Stephen Gerrard, England and Liverpool legend. 700 appearances for Liverpool, 114 caps for England. He's won two FA Cups, three League Cups, a UEFA Cup and a Champions League. Plus, just won the league as Rangers manager, topical, and of course, author. But let's see what the book club and this week's guest, Glenn Moore, thought of his book on this week's Football Book Club. You guys ready for a classic game of Chinese whispers? Turn off the lights! He didn't once fold someone in half and put them in a bin. Who do you sue? Do you take the bush to court? (laughs) Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each week we read another footballer's autobiography. Less H.G. Wells, more Naki Wells. I'm James Burke and over the weeks we'll be reading classics such as Brian Gunn's In Where It Hurts and Gordon Strachan's My Life in Football. But today we're reading Stephen Gerrard's 2006 book, My Autobiography, and reading with me are Jab Bernhardt. Hello. James Balgen. Hello. And please welcome star Mock the Week and the stand-up sketch show comedian and writer, Glenn Moore. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Now, of course, Stephen has just won the league with Rangers. But that's not the reason you chose this book, Glenn. Why, oh why, did you choose Stephen Gerrard's My Autobiography? It was the second football bio- autobiography I ever read in my life. Uh, I think the first one I ever read was Gazza's. Um, ah. which my mum read, and then she was like, I think you'd really enjoy this. <laughs> and I loved Gaza's autobiography okay. because it felt like it was written by Gaza and it made sense and it, you fully got inside his head. And then shortly after that, I then read Stephen Gerrard's autobiography. And Stephen Gerrard is my favourite player of all time. I think he is a complete player. I, I absolutely adore Stephen Gerrard. So I just couldn't wait to read his book. I was so excited. I think I got it the day it came out. I was so excited to read it. Wow. Wow. And I'm not a Liverpool <laughs> fan. Not a Liverpool fan. I was going to say, you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday sporter, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I just think, I, but I think when I first got into football, I first got into football having played Pro Evo 3 around a friend's house, yep. the game with Pierluigi Kalina blowing a whistle on the front cover on instead front of any footballers. Cover. Yeah. On the front cover. In a game where there were no referees. <laughs> Pro Evo didn't have referees back in the day. The referee wasn't on the pitch. They didn't, invite, they didn't actually include linesmen until about 2008. I was a... I, I feel like I was an England fan before I was a club fan. I first got into football round about Euro 2004. Okay. 
and England's pretty decent showing at Euro 2004. And it was a quarterfinal exit, but there were so many goals. It was the introduction of Wayne Rooney. And Darius um, Vassell on the international stage. And Darius Vassell, of course, mm. missing the penalty. Yeah, of course. It was... It, uh, and, uh, and so basically, I think, from when I followed the Premier League afterwards for at least a couple of seasons after that... I, 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 I kind of looked at the England players. First. This is going to make me sound like an insane nationalist, but I think <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, I was excited about any team that had one of England's squad on there because it'd be sort of like, okay, even if even if this guy has scored two past the team I support, this can only be good for the England squad. Oh. I think that was the mentality I had. Oh, wow. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah like one of, these yeah. Guys, one of those guys who what's it got such a feeling on like Champions Leagues and stuff when English clubs are in there. Are you one of the ones who always exactly. want them to stay and, in? Okay. Yes. I'm the opposite. I'm always like, no, unless it's Tottenham, get out. That's why. Well, it was. It was. I think it was Liverpool's journey in 2005. So um, I, I think that was when I really started to probably be like, oh, Liverpool are fucking brilliant, and uh, and it was all because of Steven Gerrard. Wow. And I think the first time I ever saw him was probably it must have been the five-one victory over Germany. Um, and I think it was Gerard who equalised. But I remember as the first time I'd ever seen Steven Gerrard play, and I was just absolutely transfixed by the he, he, like he played in the way that I was just completely fascinated by footballers playing. I think it's it's purely scoring goals from thirty yards. I think that's what it is. Mm. But I was just I was completely transfixed by Steven Gerrard, and not just because I'd never seen someone who doesn't have a forehead before, <laughs> but I think I was just. I, I, it was just the way he played. I just thought it was absolutely incredible. And from then, I feel like I supported Steven Gerrard as opposed to like an actual team. What he lacks in forehead, he makes up for in passion. <laughs> exactly. It feels like he feels like a Sims character. You know what? You could have like maximum charisma, but if you did that, you'd have to like lower intelligence and stuff like that. <laughs> I feel like Steven Gerrard had like maximum footballing ability, but, but like zero for forehead. <laughs> you had to sort of bring that that stat down. I, I, I was getting worried for a bit that you're far too pure for this show, Glenn, but now we're finally pushing you a little bit towards that yeah. kind of side. Also, is your, is, does your mum fancy coming on an episode? Sounds like she's read loads of football autobiographies. No, it was, it was just it was just Paul Gascoigne. That was the only just one she read because I think she was just, yeah, it literally just Gascoigne. She reads autobiographies more than she reads a novel she's just fascinated by autobiographies it's all she reads all the time and uh and Paul Gascoigne I think was the only sporting one she'd ever read but but I think that then misled the rest of the family into thinking she was into it so what then followed for a couple of Christmases afterwards was her receiving disappointing gift after disappointing gift of autobiographies (laughs) of like snooker players she'd never fucking heard of in her life I mean, eventually we sort of got weaned off that because she had to eventually basically have an intervention with the rest of us to be like, you must stop doing this. I don't know who these people are. Please stop sending me Ronnie O'Sullivan's autobiography. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I may as well go on Wikipedia and choose random article and just read that from top to bottom. I don't know who the fuck these people are. So yeah, it, it was it was only Paul Gascoigne. Can I say, you, you made Paul Gascoigne's autobiography sound really, really, really good. You did, Much better yeah. than maybe uh, the one that we've read this week. Paul Gascoigne's is so fascinating... And 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 get this, it's so fascinating, and it doesn't even reach Ralmo. That's how fascinating Paul Gascoigne's wow. autobiography is. So, uh, just to be clear, we're reading Stephen Gerrard's 2006 autobiography. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are reading uh, Stephen Gerrard's. Yeah, yeah. And as the in, and also not even his uh, latest uh, 2015 book, My Story. We are we're going all the way back to 2006 for his My Autobiography. And as it says, Stephen Gerrard's book is the definitive football autobiography. Like its subject, it's honest, passionate, and exhilarating. If Stephen Gerrard isn't your hero yet, by the time you've read this, he will be. And uh, let's see if that applies to the podcast too. (laughs) 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 Should we see what Amazon's saying about the book? Mm. Cool. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Jack. The book has 4.6 stars from 328 ratings. That's a lot. 
That is a lot of ratings for that book. That is a lot of ratings. In comparison, last Neil Redfern had 10. And but when you consider hero to millions, very few of those millions have flocked to his defense on Amazon. Uh, if you consider that it's just 300 or so people. Yeah. No, I, except I, I, that, well, I mean, that's a lot. It's still a lot. I reckon most people haven't who have done that haven't read the book. That's my perception. So oh, also, just for context, uh, the Neville's book we read last week had one review. So and that and that came out twenty five years ago. So from the other Neville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this book, though, uh, has uh, uh, three hundred twenty eight reviews, including this three star review from Simon, which reads: "I thought it was drivel, but my son liked it. So, did you all like it? And more importantly, did your sons like it?" Uh, Glenn, we'll start with you. Well, I'm without child, and I've got to say. <laughs> I, you know, I was saying earlier about Gaza that I was like the best thing about Gaza's autobiography was you. You were so aware that this is all his experience, his lived experience. It's being written in his voice. I read this when it came out, so I must have been about sixteen, seventeen or so. Sure. And I wasn't even really familiar with the term ghostwriter. But my God, I wasn't convinced at any point that a single word had been penned by Stephen Gerrard. Really? And I think I was. I was. Uh, yeah. I was. I was excited to read it because. At that time, I had no indication of what Stephen Gerrard's personality was because I, I, it's a problem with any Premier League football all already, but all you really see of him is in press conferences afterwards. And there's no indication, no indication of what a personality is because they've been drawn by the press team, save a specific sentence. And then occasionally they really come out of their shell afterwards and you get a real gem like Jamie Carragher, who was boring as hell as a player. But that was only because he was being told what to say. And then as soon as he became a pundit afterwards, became really interesting, really insightful, has a great personality. Mm-hmm. And the bar is very, very low. But even though I had no idea what Stephen Gerrard's personality was, I was like reading this thinking, this isn't it. This is not that is it. Him. See, I thought the opposite. Compared to some of the ones we've read, it did feel a lot like the way he spoke. I thought some of it. It was very... You know, stilted sentences all the way through it. It was very, maybe, maybe it was just the style that tricked me into thinking that. But I, to, to me, it felt very, um, it felt very Gerard. I think it is the style because he does speak that way. But some of the content, like at one point, he says hellfire. I was like, Stephen Gerard, definitely, <laughs> absolutely not. Hellfire. Yeah, yeah. No way. The most, the most I believed him uh, was is when he's talking about in 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 Istanbul yes. in the two thousand and five Champions League final. Uh-huh. He's talking about Didi Haman taking the penalty. And uh, he said, I laughed afterwards when Didi casually remarked he played with a broken foot. Didi, you could play with two bus feet, you move so little. I joked. <laughs> but no, Didi's class. And I, I found that <laughs> sentence in particular so stupid because it was such a crap sort of like, it's like when someone leaves your house and you go, finally, we're going to get some bloody peace and quiet. No, just kidding, mate. Have a good time. It's such a shit joke. It's so shit. And lacking in personality. But I was like, there he is. That's our man. He's just poked through for a sentence there. <laughs> That's so funny. I love yeah. it. It felt like the only way I can compare it to is like if you ever went on like a, a, a Tinder date or a Bumble date with someone who didn't look like their pictures and halfway through the date, they turn their head slightly and for a split second, they look like the person you matched with. And you go, oh shit, there you were, there you were, there you were, literally for three words. That's what the autobiography felt like. For none of it, I was like Stephen Gerrard. I mean, for one sentence, it was like, there he is, there's our man, there's our man. <laughs> can I just say, this book has the most horrible start I've ever read in a book. Yep. About him, oh, him kicking uh, a discarded uh, garden rake in a bush oh, yeah. when he's a child, and it getting lodged in his toe. Oh, I, I winced my way it, through the first fifty pages. It is disgusting, but it it, it also smacked of a ghostwriter going, "Did." anything happen in the first 15 years of your life? And he goes, oh, I've trodden a rake once like Sideshow Bob. And he's like, let's make something of this. 
<laughs> but but oh, the idea of framing it as like my career was nearly over before it began. It was like, no, it wasn't. I mean, no, it wasn't. You almost had his toe We've seen footballing injuries. That was nothing. You tried on a rate like a cartoon character, you fool. <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, there's very few rakes on the pitch in matches. They're like when you, when you compare it to actual injuries, like Jibril Cissé didn't like go over a hoe. Yeah. Like it's not. I missed that Danny Baker uh, video. Yeah. Just, the all rake Danny Baker video. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, I honestly, it, I, is, I would... it is one of the most disgusting. It's it's horrible. It's one of the most disgusting descriptions of anything I've ever read. Mm. Every he, few pages are just. It, oh. The thing is, because Glenn, you're right, he is effectively stepping on a rake, but the way he describes it is also really stupid. It's like the ball goes into some nettles, and he's like, ah, I know what I'll do. I'll kick it out. So he just starts wildly kicking into these nettles. Which, and someone has, I mean, that's what I would do. So I'm not putting that's my hand not in what there. you do. You, just, you wouldn't kick it nettles. You wouldn't kick the nettles. I'll kick yeah. the nettles. I'd do, I, I've learned okay. nothing from this book. His is a childhood of, of, of pain and like trying to be as painful as possible. I can't remember if, it was, if it's in this book. Or if if I read it in an interview of Stephen Gerrard separately, but about the gloves wearing the gloves to match incident, is that is it? That, is that I don't, that I don't think that's in the book. So basically, his dad used to obviously take him to football matches every weekend for him to play like little league and stuff like that. And when he was about seven years old, it was like February. He's freezing cold. He wears Stephen Gerrard put on a pair of gloves for the match, and his dad was so so ashamed he left, and Stephen Gerrard had to make his own way home. Oh my! That was in God. an interview of Stephen Gerrard years ago. Yeah, and it was like. Oh God! Okay, that's a dated. That's very dated, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Your 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 dad's got issues as opposed to you, Stephen. It's fully your dad. Oh, I I feel like you both you both got some issues there to resolve. Really, Uh, that's group (laughs) therapy. That his his dad also at one point in the book uh, sees him wearing a Brian Robson shirt outside and like yells at him and says, "Get indoors now!" (laughs) It's genuinely like it's like sort of a moment in like Billy Elliot where the dad. It's so fucking Billy Elliot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing, dancing? What are you doing yeah. looking like Brian Robson? All I want to talk about is a nice, wholesome rake injury. And now we're nice, going on to... Well, the, but, okay, but, he, but he literally... What he actually does with the fork, because it's, it's a big garden fork, he yeah. just kicks Yeah, rake, it, I think kicks, I'm underplaying it by saying rake. It, he it, kicks yeah, a right. massive garden fork, and he sa- he describes that some nugget had left a, gra- uh, a fork there, which is such a great description. Classic nugget. Some nugget. <laughs> some little nugget. You stupid fork-leaving nugget. Great. Um, but he gets compensation for that, which is quite... Like, I think that after the surgery is completed, the doctor comes out and he's like, do you know what? That rake shouldn't have been there. I was like, well, obviously it shouldn't have been there. What, in what go, context would it ever it's Was he talking about there? inside who, his who do, who do you sue? Do you take the bush to court? <laughs> <laughs> try, try getting compensation from nature, mate. Good luck. <laughs> James, uh, what did you make at the beginning of the book? He was a toe rag, wasn't he? Is, is one way of putting it. And, and he nearly lost Jesus. his toe. And I think... <laughs> Yeah, he had to wear a toe rag for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everyone, apart from his family, probably really hated him when he was a kid. (laughs) Because he was just such a dickhead. Yeah. It's quite funny, but he was just... It's a bit earlier when they're just bu- bullying adults, where they just bully some guy because he wears lots of purple. (laughs) And and, And there's a bit where I think it's a, a caretaker. when he I think he's a Liverpool youth at this point. And a caretaker 
just starts coming in and challenging these 15 year old lads to yes. arm wrestles, which yeah. is very odd. Mm. Yeah, that, I know that, that bit. bit. And also, don't they, 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 he challenges to arm wrestles and then they like, as soon as he comes in, this guy seems, it's such a weird bet. As soon as this guy comes into the Liverpool area and says, I want to arm wrestle you, they turn off the lights and start hitting him, like with a towel. They turn off the lights, they start hitting him, and then they hit the one of the like players hits the caretaker on the head with a with a shoe with a boot and then like they t- the guy the guy starts screaming and says turn the lights back on and blood is streaming down his face and this is played for laughs in the book it's like we couldn't believe it it was so silly i think we've we found this a lot footballers aren't great at pranks it was yeah. it was it was quite you you must have enjoyed it though james the uh, all the chat about uh, the spice boys and everything i i i liked i liked that side of things you know with redknapp looking after a young gerard and stuff and uh I loved that Stevie was so nervous to speak to them and he looked up to them so much and then obviously later on he became great pals with them all. But that was really nice, yeah. I thought. And he's cleaning Jamie's boots and was too scared to speak to him. Um, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, you can see that with... Um, you can kind of see where they get the pranks from. Because I think David James at one point gets annoyed at someone so he chucks him in a bin. Folds him in <laughs> half. Like that. Puts so, him in the bin. Yeah, he folds, folds him in half. It's like, where's Grego? Oh, he's in the bin. David James picked it up, folded him a half. And, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, to talk about Sideshow Bob stepping on ropes, that sounds <laughs> yeah. like a bit. Also, because when I, when I hear someone folding in half, I don't think vertically, I think horizontally. <laughs> so like, they just caved their face caved in. in. <laughs> oh, horrible. I, I wanted, um, talking about Grego, actually, you mentioned him. Glenn, I wanted to ask you, uh, as a comedian, do you think that Steven Gerrard's got a career in emceeing at some point? Uh, because there's a moment where Gerrard's talking about some of the classic slam he has of uh, his fellow pros, including Grego's got some shocking gear on. Pretty good. Would you, would you, would you, would you use that on a Friday night? Feel, at a club? All his slams, all his heckles, all his put downs feel like they're done in the same tone as that video of Michael Owen in a helicopter over Dubai. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so naff. And, and you feel like it's the, mo- it's the most loserish person you know recounting what they wish they'd said to someone and even then what they've ended up like kicking themselves over saying i wish i'd said that i wish i i wish i'd said to him my mum says i'm twice the man you are <laughs> it's that you go oh jesus christ man oh god that is the great thing i hate about. to be you <laughs> they can rewrite history that is the great thing about autobiography yeah. gonna, but still you're right they've still chosen things that aren't that great like tell gregory dresses like a tramp <laughs> this, and this is during a game of Chinese Whispers. That's not really Chinese Whispers either. Like, chi- well, which... also, they, 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 their version of Chinese Whispers, they, again, turn off the lights. Why do all of their pranks have to happen in the dark? I don't know. Like, you guys ready for a classic game of Chinese Whispers? Turn off the lights! <laughs> Why? So weird. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's, just, it's basically just insulting people in the dark. Um, yes. Which is not, not the same game at all. And that seems to be 17 good years of your football career. You feel like it's a saying it in the dark that leads, that builds like an anonymity aspect. But like, I feel like out of, out of a lineup of 7 billion, I could hear a voice and go, that's Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Stevie G. Yeah, that's him. Steve, Stephen Gerrard's just told me that I look like a um, Good, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Something I want to talk about in the book, uh, which is a era we don't really ever mention, despite having read a lot of footballers uh, around this time. We've read David Seaman's book, and I'm sure we've, uh, Neville's we read last week. Neville's, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Euro 2000, a strange tournament, uh, which, and Gerard actually, I thought this was a really, really good chapter in the book uh, where he was talking mm. about it and how 
Uh, he hated his time there. He was very homesick. But it was interesting hearing someone, you know, as established as Gerard. Maybe not at the time, but now looking back on it, someone's established as Gerard talking about how how much he just hated being in places. You know, Euro two thousand seems like it was a mess. We went out in the group stages, but it's it's just a tournament I've totally blocked out my mind. Really, all I remember is seeing Nigel Martin for the first time and thinking, "Who the fuck is that? <laughs> why is why is that? We're, like we meant to have David Seaman and there's a guy in pajamas. Why? Who's this?" It was just mad. <laughs> that does sound like a really traumatic experience. Like you're yeah. expecting to see David Seaman, but you see I Nigel. I was, Martin. I was watching yeah. a dream. It yeah. was really, it was surreal. No, get away, get away, <laughs> safe hands, get back, safe hands. But uh, I'd never seen Nigel Martin before, so he, he looked like what it felt like was a bit like when you see someone down the street and you go, "Oh, that's my friend John." And as you get closer, you realise, "Oh, that's not my friend John." And as you get closer, you go, "Not only does that not look John, not only is that not John." They now just look like a really weird version of John. <laughs> and that's what Nigel Martin felt like. He felt like, yeah, he, he nearly looks like a footballer. <laughs> Not even David Seaman just doesn't look like a footballer to you. No, it's just David Seaman looks so specific. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean. David Seaman feels like, you know, in the same way that like Mufasa's death in The Lion King is a really good way of teaching children about death. Yeah. David Seaman felt like a, he looks like someone out of Guess Who it was just like no one looks like David Seaman so he, it's almost like a good way of teaching children to differentiate between humans <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that <laughs> so like Seaman Nigel Martin just looked earth. like everyone's dad it was like Nigel what the Martin, fuck are you like Seaman's ended right Nigel grow a moustache immediately yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, start, he's starting next week <laughs> Oh, got three days to grow a moustache, but it was it was up. it was fascinating. And there's, there's a, there was actually a genuine like uh, we do dramatic readings of the book, and we usually choose the least dramatic moment. There's actually a really good bit where Gerard's pulled his calf or something. I think mm, in the mm. game against yeah. Germany, so he knows he can't play against Romania in the crucial game. And the way he sits down with Keegan, and Keegan comes across really well in the book. Everyone everyone seems to love him, apart from well, Gerard loves him. Owen hates him because he keeps subbing him. Yeah, there's a really good bit where he sits down with Kevin Keegan. He like, you know, he knows that if he doesn't mention it, he's going to get in more trouble. But he also really, really wants to play because he's young and he's he's the new up and coming star of the England team. Yeah, and I I, I generally thought that it was one a of the really best good bit. It was really good. I, I really it was felt a really that good tension bit. all the way through. And that, I I love no Kevin Keegan. I generally just really liked, I just really really no. liked that segment. I think this, that I genuinely that bit was really interesting. Uh, and I think Kevin Keegan in this book comes off across really well. He also comes across really weird in a lot of the, of the book. In yeah, the sense just that turn he, the lights off before the meeting. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got some rubbish gear on, hasn't he, lads? I'd um, love it if we turn the lights off. I'd love it if we turn them off. <laughs> But he he does really weird things. Like he sort of like he loves Stephen Gerrard, like to yep. a, to a degree that I had not realised. Yeah, there are ev- everyone sitting in the canteen, and it's Gerrard's first day with the England squad. And Kevin Keegan like gets up and says, "This is Stephen Gerrard. He is the greatest player to ever play for England. He will be incredible." <laughs> and and yeah. like and all the players are like who the f- who is this guy? And Stephen Gerrard's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but Dad. Kevin Keegan. And then he, and then, <laughs> <laughs> in training, there's just so many great bits. Like in training. Like Steven Gerrard goes round him with a very easy like turn, and Kevin Keegan's like, "Wow, did you guys see that? Look at him, he's so amazing!" And yeah. you're like, "Okay, Kevin, just just chill out." Just also, chill you're forgetting out. Gareth Barry was there as well, and he doesn't really mention Gareth Barry. He, my, he doesn't really mention Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry. Yeah. My favorite yeah. bit about all the England stuff is when he first gets called in as sort of um, just to train with them. He's not in the squad, and he's about seventeen yes. at this point, I think, or eighteen. He's very young. And um, he goes away with them, and they, I can't remember where they're staying, but they're all, you know, he's in a hotel room for the first time. And do you remember this bit? And Martin Keon just knocks on his door. 
Do you remember this? Oh my god, this yes. is my favourite bit as yes. well. Yes. And it's it is my favourite bit of the whole book. I, I read it out to my brother the whole thing, so I was like, how weird is this? And Martin Keown was just like, oh, all right, mate. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know if you want to just go shopping or something. Just or if anything, anything you need, just just give me a knock. I'll be in my room. Uh, actually, then, that's when yeah, Jared goes, says, do I? <laughs> do you want to come shopping with me? Do I? And then, <laughs> and then they, they go he, shopping in London together. Yeah, that's it. He says, he says, do you want to go on a trip around London? And, that, and he doesn't go into more depth about that story. I would love to see Martin Keown and Stephen Gerrard go around Hamleys together. I think that would be such a, <laughs> such a lovely well, chapter. It's weird that bit, because when he first describes Martin Keown, he says, he is probably the funniest man I've ever, ever met in my life, no joke. And then about three sentences later, he goes, yes. Was just terrible, but I used to laugh anyway. <laughs> yeah. to, was, so, like, yeah. Is he funny or is he not? I, I can't trust funny? you at all. He didn't yeah, once fold someone in half and put them in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. This, I mean, this whole book is fascinating, genuinely, because like he is probably one of the most successful players we've ever read a book of. Yeah. I would say, you know, he's won European Cup. He's he's the all action. Uh, player he's fantastic yeah but there is throughout the book there is a pervading sense of like pettiness and bitterness like that sort of seems to just constantly follow him about like even we're talking about you know him being in the england squad when he uh when he first started uh you know playing for liverpool um he he didn't get called up for where he he was going to be called up for lillis hall uh, which is like the center of excellence for england so in most people's autobiography especially someone as successful as stephen jarrod what i feel like what the thing would usually be is um i didn't get called up to lillis to Lillishall. Yeah. Um, and that drove me to go on further. And I used that and I became the player that I am today. Yeah. Stephen Gerrard's book, he spends five, 10, maybe even 15 pages saying how much it annoyed him that he didn't get called up. He is like furious. More pages than he spends on the 2005 Champions League final. <laughs> it, it is by I mean, a it, long way. It is think- genuinely, it's, it's fascinating how angry he is about it. Like I've, I've written some of the things down that he said about it. Oh, please. My anger at Lillishaw's cold shoulder has never recited. I seethed with resentment at their fast-track treatment. I screamed at the TV when they were on, bollocking the commentator as he praised one of the midfielders with the three lines on his shirt. And there is a there is another bit that is... Jesus, it's like the third verse of Stan. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. Hey, Lillishaw, it's me again. Uh, <laughs> the idea of Lillishaw at the end being like, wait a second, <laughs> that player who got to the Champions League final, it was you. Damn. Um, <laughs> uh, the there's a bit where he he thinks that Lillishaw will call him, and it's genuinely like I know we always say this about you know it sounds like Partridge, it sounds like Brent, but there is a bit that sounds so much like David Brent, where he says Lillishaw screwed up, and I hoped and prayed every day they would recognise their mistake. Shit, we left out that brilliant kid from Liverpool. What was his name? Gerard. Let's get him in. Sharpish. It's just like. He imagines these conversations. It's true. The only difficulty is that Jared is generally brilliant. So that is that's the oh, hard oh, thing. No, ab- absolutely, yeah. he is brilliant. But equally, he was quite short. He wasn't fully developed, and they literally got him in the next year. I like, he literally plays for the under sixteens the next year, and he barely yeah. mentions it because he's so annoyed that they rejected him the first time. I never realised quite how big a deal it was. To be honest, to be in, I, to be in this, it's huge for him. Any any time he didn't succeed really makes him angry, and I guess that's what makes him such a born winner. But like, he really, really hates anyone mm. who wrong. If, if he's wronged him in the past, he will never forget. Like Igor Bishkan, his teammate, he calls a tit at one point. In yeah, the book, which I can't yeah. believe uh, he's got going to go into training it? tomorrow. And they're gonna, what's, what's this in your book, Stephen? <laughs> 
<laughs> Eagle Bishgun reading it sadly, a single yeah. tear going down his cheek. I'm not, yeah, it's weird. Because he has that whole bit where um, later on in the book they're negotiating his contract and it's very stressful with Rafa and the board. And then Rafa's still his manager for another maybe four years after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. really calls he Rafa out quite a lot. Rafa. That's yeah. true. It's- Which we, I found that bit so weird because... I found the bits where he was most honest were with like Keegan and stuff like that. Moments where the dust has fully settled. He can freely say what he wants. It's like a retired footballer being able to finally be off the leash and go, this is what I thought about manager. That's Robbie Fowler talking about Sven Goran Eriksson, where he says we expected Winston Churchill at halftime against Brazil. We got Ian Duncan Smith. But it, that's the one bit of the book where he's really brutally honest because like, there's a strange bit after t- where they, they exit the World Cup in 2006 and he talks so diplomatically about Sven in like a way in which he was like, we're expecting a big moment and Sven said, I'm very disappointed. Thank you all. And we said, thank you, Sven. And then we said goodbye. And you go, that's a real politician's answer there. So it felt weird for him to be talking about Rafa Benitez in a way he does in the book. Yes. That was a real weird moment of honesty, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, weirdly like inconsistent in that sense. There are some people he slams that he you feel like he shouldn't slam. He can go too far the other way as well. There's a bit when Gary McAllister signs and he walks into the room for the first time and he goes, "Should I bow? Do I need to bow in front of Gary McAllister?" And <laughs> I say, "Do I shake his hand or do I just do I curtsy? I don't know. What do I do in front of Gary McAllister?" It's time for this week's Peter Reed watch. Peter Reed watch. Yes, Jack. Does Peter Reed appear in Stephen Gerrard, My Autobiography? Peter Reed does appear in Stephen Gerrard, My Autobiography. On page 22, uh, he is mentioned as one of several players who have come from the area that Stephen Gerrard has come from. Uh, it says, Heighton is famous for producing decent pros like Steve McMahon, Joey Barton, Lee Trundle, Peter Reed, yes. Tony Hibbert, Craig Hignett, and David Nugent. That is your Peter Reed watch. Peter Reed watch. Interesting fact about Peter Reed watch. Uh, Peter Reed is mentioned after uh, Sex and the City's uh, Kim Cattrall, who he who describes as the lively one, the lively <laughs> yeah, one, the lively which one. is the greatest euphemism of all time. <laughs> Do you reckon it's the only book that's ever mentioned David Nugent? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like ever. David, even David Nugent's uh, autobiography yeah, didn't mention David Nugent. Yeah, yeah. I Although, feel like he doesn't have a Wikipedia article. It's just like his his name's a hyperlink, but it's in red. <laughs> I I reckon it comes up in Kim Cattrall's autobiography. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I came from the same part of Liverpool that produced David Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> we need to read Kim Cattrall's book. Actually, see if Peter Reed pops up. Genuinely, that we is, uh, really that could, should. That could be a good spot. And there'll be loads more Gerard after the break, where we'll be discussing that Champions League final. Hello, um, hello there. What voice do you want me to do? We'll do a little bit. I'll just do my voice. Do your voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Joe Marler. People think I hate people, but I don't. (laughs) I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marler Show. Joe Marler Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Football Book Club. Now, we've already discussed young Gerard, England Gerard, and angry Gerard. But then, of course, towards the end of the book, uh, we get to a segment uh, which Gerard, I I guess, will always be remembered for. And Glenn, I know you had a lot of thoughts on 2005 Istanbul. I don't think it's controversial to say, in my opinion, is the greatest match of all time. The stakes couldn't be higher. At half time, it was just so spent. I remember watching it with my dad and us just being like, this is, this is humiliating. This is humiliating to watch. To concede in the opening minute and then to then get two goals from, was it Kaka or Crespo? I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. It was Crespo. Crespo. It was definitely yeah. Crespo. I remember Crespo, every Crespo. single waking minute of that match. <laughs> but... Just being humiliated and then in the space of like five minutes and knowing a friend of mine who was in Istanbul, he said people left the stadium at half time because of the humiliation. I couldn't believe it. You travel all that way and then you'd leave. I was just so excited to hear it from his perspective that, you know, like we've seen every second of this match. And I, I swear to God, the addition I read when I was a teenager was we went out there all full of hope. We were so excited, but disaster struck. By half time, we were 3-0 down, but we pulled it back and we beat them. And I remember reading it at the time, just like, are you fucking kidding? Where's the rest? <laughs> and I remember like scrolling through the rest of the pages, going, don't, no, don't go to 2006. Where the fuck is the rest of the match? 
There was nothing. And then I reread it and I was like, oh, actually, there's, there's like five pages. But in the wider scheme of things, this is this is a 500 page tome. Yeah. He, yes. he offers nothing. And the only thing I find, the thing I find entertaining to this day about his description of that match is when he talks about Shevchenko having that late chance where Shevchenko has two shots yeah. on Jersey Dudek. Point blank range misses both. But in my opinion, if you watch it back, I think Jersey Dudek is so close to him. It would have been harder for Shevchenko to score. But that's by the by. The thing I love is that Gerard says, I truly believe that there was some higher power, some higher force that helped us that night. Yes. And I just love the fact that, like, God hates Shevchenko. <laughs> Do you mean that God, God didn't want AC Milan to win? Like, uh, ostensibly, the more religious team. Yeah. Didn't want them to win. Is there, a, is there a more religious player than Kaka? No. And God was like, fucking man, back off. You've been creeping. Well, well, interesting. Say, yeah. We, read, yeah. we read Jersey Dudek's book and Dudek is incredibly religious all the way through. He gets, um, he gives uh, the Pope a shirt with Dudek on the back of it, doesn't he, at some point? John Paul II, yeah. yeah. And Pope's like, great, thanks. Maybe that's, uh, what, maybe that, maybe that's what tipped it over. That's what tipped God in favour of Liverpool yeah. in that match, that, uh, <laughs> that shirt. What, what's interesting about this description, because obviously we have mm. this example where we can now like compare Dudek with Gerard's version. Um, in, in Dudek's version, obviously, that save is the most important bit, with good reason. In Gerard's book, he kind of seems to imply that God did it and Dudek didn't really have anything to yeah. do with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he implies that Dudek's this, he implies Dudek's this sort of blundering Mr. Magoo character. Yeah. When he sort of goes to a Bruce Grobbler at the end, Dudek's like, uh, yeah. and he's like, what were your legs? And he's like, are my legs? I'm a hands man. And it's, <laughs> it, it's so, it's surreal it's also- how patronising he needs to be to Jesse Dudek at the end. The way he also says, like, um, they're going towards the penalties, and he goes, we had a secret weapon. And I was like, oh, now he's going to be kind to Dudek. He said, we had a secret weapon, Carragher. Because Carragher told Dudek yeah, to do yeah, the walking yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Your secret weapon is Jersey Dudek, the one who saved the penalties. Mad. Absolutely mad. I think you've rumbled it's goalkeepers so worldwide with that, Glenn. I think anyone's ever described them as handsmen. <laughs> I'm a handsman. <laughs> that is- but what I find really weird is I, rem- I remember the, 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 the jokey tone in which commentators at the time described it and the way Gerard describes it as well. That when Dudek was on like three occasions in that penalty shootout, Meters off his line. Yeah, yeah. he was. The, the yeah, penalty yeah, 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 was at yeah, yeah. point blank yeah. range before they even took the shot. That's true. And obviously, I'm not complaining. Best match of all time. But like, yeah, it's really, like I feel like Gerard's the only person in this occasion who's like, no, let's cut through Dudek's bullshit here. <laughs> he was a marionette who we were operating at all times with strings. He had no idea what was going on. Something I want to talk about from the Champions League final is just just how romantically Steven Gerrard describes the cup all the way through oh. the Champions League trophy mm. and uh, as opposed to a dramatic reading this week uh, Jack could you cue the sexy music for us please <laughs> oh I hate cueing the sexy music <laughs> this week we're doing a sexy reading cue it Jack cue sexy music as I inched past the cup that fills the dreams of everyone at Liverpool my palms flooded with sweat I felt Ooh. it call out to me touch me feel me I was mesmerised by it one glinting trophy a million memories I thought of all those great players who touched it before Kenny Dalglish oh Graham Souness, Alan Hansen Liverpool legends European Cup winners I wanted it so badly just wanted <laughs> to take it home back where the European Cup belongs Anfield let me touch you with my sweaty palms <laughs> it's let me all- Touch you, Kenny Dalglish. 
filled yep. Sweating, it's all yeah. that, isn't it? It's horrible. Touch me, touch me, Stevie. <laughs> Alex says, You gave that cup more kisses in a night than you give me in a year. And uh, he's, I kissed the cup because I wanted to show the world how much it means to Liverpool. And then he literally takes it home for a one night stand afterwards. He goes, uh, I, I, I remember reading that in the paper the next day that he was like, He slept with the cup. Yeah, and it was like, does. And when he said he slept with the cup. He totally fucked the cup. We know. <laughs> like, we know. He filled that cup. Fact, yeah, absolutely. But I love the way that he's, I mean, you're going to say it here, but where he's like, I didn't, look, guys, I didn't, you know, I didn't wake up with the didn't. cup, with my legs around the cup. I didn't wake up so- softly caressing the cup, whispering sweet nothings into its little handles. I didn't do that. You're like, you definitely did, mate. You've already described it too much, mate. We know because, what you did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because he overexplains it. Like, he's like, no, like, just to be clear, like, I didn't shag it or anything. Like, I didn't, you know, like, it was on one of them, you know, them things where you sort of pull it out, you put things on it, <laughs> girls do their makeup on it. You're like, yeah, you're... Yeah. You can see through this. It was in front of the mirror, so it was like, you know, it's fine. Yeah, there were two cups, you know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There there is literally like a kind of like, when you wake up, there's a kind of one of those. Uh, did we? Uh, <laughs> when you wake up naked. Yeah. There's a bit racist. What, like uh, like a like a series cliffhanger in Friends. Yeah, exactly. But also, but a real dead hooker exactly vibe that the cup couldn't respond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He literally says, uh, "Morning." I said to the cup, "I could not remember bringing it back to the room, but then I couldn't remember getting myself back to the room." As soon as I hit the pillow, I was bang asleep. But also, you just sorry, sure, sure you were taking it down to breakfast with a baseball cap on the on the cup and glasses. If you were Stephen Gerrard based on how wasted he presumably was and the fact he went to bed with a cup and based on the fact of how badly the first half went for them I think you'd wake up you'd see the cup next to you and go did I steal this from Cafu? (laughs) (laughs) Did I have I am I am I the police looking is there a police helicopter outside? I thought it's like tremendously illegal. Is Yapstam going to murder me? He turns to the other side of his bed and he's got he's uh, copped off without Andre Perlo or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah. really him. Oh, not again! The thing is, because it's quite a big like. Obviously, that's the uh, next to the World Cup. That's the biggest scale you can do it on. But I love the idea of someone taking a lesser cup to bed with them. And did anyone do that in two thousand six? With like the fucking did did like a Barnsley player do this with the Johnston's paint trophy? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The LDV the, Vans trophy, the Papa John's pizza trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Did it change you reading this book? I remember being disappointed, being so excited to read it and being disappointed that it ended at the end of the 2006 World Cup, which was obviously a tremendous disappointment because even now to this day, I wish FIFA or Pro Evo had a mode where you could choose a year and play with the England squad from that year or the Liverpool squad from that year or whatever. That's a great and question. To this day, yeah. I'm like, Owen when he was on. That's a great. But show. the idea of like, with the exception of Paul Robinson, the idea of like Ashley Cole, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Gary Neville, Stephen Gerrard, Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, David Beckham, Michael Owen, Wayne Rooney. It, it's just it, it it like it doesn't get better than that. It was so so good, and I remember being so disappointed that, and this is so irrational that the book ended with the same experience that I had, and it was like, yeah, we lost to. Uh, Portugal on penalties again, and so we, we we look, we try again, we go on in the future. And I remember reading the book as if to be like, Oh, wasn't this got a different ending? I thought I thought maybe it would end with you win. <laughs> yeah. Or like maybe that would a semi-final exit. So yeah. at least Yeah, 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 exactly. Where like, <laughs> like he was actually right? tremendously deluded. And he was like, <laughs> and we beat Belgium in the end. And it's like Belgium aren't even in the fucking tournament. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
but he's still slagging off Little Shaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we won the World Cup, but fuck that guy at Little Shaw. <laughs> yeah, and Clinton Morrison. Jack, I, I, that's something I was going to say to you. I'm amazed you haven't. I know how much you love Clinton Morrison. You mentioned this so many times. How have you not mentioned how much he hates Clinton Morrison? Morrison. He hates Clinton Morrison, which is again part of his amazingly defensive stuff because he hates Clinton Morrison during a semi-final that Liverpool ultimately win six-two on aggregate, and yeah. he finds three or four pages to go to town on how much Clinton Morrison talks himself up during the match like yeah. explaining like oh here's the reasons why Michael Owen is better than Clinton Morrison you're like yeah we know Clinton Morrison <laughs> is Clinton Morrison had a good season for first division relegation threat and first division Crystal Palace I loved that Crystal Palace team by the way like that is my if I could go back and play with any team that's your Glen one that's my Glen one the 2000 that, yeah, 2001 that, and- Andy Johnson? Is that no, so, Johnson? Cl- so Clinton Morrison uh, was uh, traded, was was like, there was a swap deal oh, to Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, it was yeah, fi- yeah. I think it was 5 million plus Andy Johnson for Clinton Morrison, which is one of Ooh. the worst transfers ever. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, so it's just crazy how much Stephen Gerrard hates Clinton Morrison. It's just baffling. He goes like, he says he's just a bang average player. He talks himself up all the time. By the end of it, the Liverpool fans were booing him. He, you know, he went behind, well, like went home with the tail between his legs. It's like, be a bit classy, Stephen, like appreciate. Yeah. It's so petty. It punches down. I, I, I can't think of anyone he criticizes who did better than him. And that, that, yeah. that might be just because yeah, good point. he might've been the best That's player true. he played against. But- I, I can't remember a time he came up against Messi or Ronaldinho or anyone like that. I can't really remember when that happened. All he's, all he's got is the option to punch down, but it feels like if Albert Einstein did an autobiography, who was like, it's <laughs> a stupid scientist. And you go, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, Tesla was a wanker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but James, did it meet your expectations? Do you know what? It was such a long book, but it didn't feel it at all. It really didn't. I actually yeah. flew through it, and I think it's just because I know it all so well. It's so interesting yeah. to me, all the Liverpool stuff. I, I found the England stuff um, more difficult to read because I wasn't as interested. That and it's, it's size 72 font as well, I think. That's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's, true. Thankfully I, for yeah, all the pages. It didn't feel that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. Jack, let's I, kick it off with you then. What did you, what did you give it out of 10? Uh, I give it a 6. Okay. Frankly. Well, that's, that's not as bad as I thought you were going to give it. Glenn? I think a 6 as well. It's so. Uh, I feel like people, considering it ends, the original version ends just after 2006, people are only really reading it for the two key moments 2005, Champions League final, 2006, FA Cup final. Those are the two, and Olympiakos in 2005 as well. There's three pivotal matches in two tournaments, and people are reading for that, and there's 698 pages that aren't that, and two pages that are that. And so it's it's six out of ten. It's in, it's okay. it's so poorly managed as a book. Right? Yeah, I I, I would kind of agree with that I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a six as well actually because I you know I I did quite I thought it was it was quite different to some of the books you read in terms of the, it, there was I know it might not have been him who does it but there was a bit of character to it quite a bit away through but it. When it we was, say character, we mean just... insecurity. There's insecurity. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's deeply and I, insecure. I like that. Oh, he's it a very characterful player. Yeah. Yeah. Resentment. <laughs> the characterful yeah. Ted Bundy, yeah. <laughs> and James, what did you think of the book? I, I, in all honesty, it's not a great book, is it? But it's Stevie G, so 9 out of 10. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's the bias we like on this show. Um, so that's 27 overall, which is 6.75. 
I'll take that. I yeah, don't, I don't, I don't. yeah I'll, 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 I'm just taken aback that you did maths. Um, he's he's he's, be, he's gotten very good at that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. You yeah, could have said a million. Much. I'd have gone correct. Yes, average, median. <laughs> that's very what the good. Uh, podcast is just a way for me to show off. Basically, <laughs> James is basically now a genius at dividing anything by four. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Before we draw a line under it, anyone got it out of context? Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, I really, I, do. I really do. Let's kick off with you, Glenn. Then. As you okay, guessed. so mine, mine comes on a 340 in which uh, Stephen Gerrard describes an abscess. That's So again, this, this, this is the sort of thing that marked down the score in the first place. The, there was so much that wasn't about the two matches I wanted it to be about. Um, <laughs> but he describes an abscess, and uh, apology, apologies about the, uh, the, 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 the post-watershed nature of this. It's not my fault, it's Stephen Gerrard's. But he describes, he says, Worryingly, I arrived in London with a problem, an abscess in my mouth murder the swelling intensified the night before the match i could feel the pussy liquid inside waiting to erupt um and as a teenager when i read this it was news to me that pussy is spelt p-u-s-s-y and i remember just being like what chapter have i walked in on what a turn this has taken I and, forgot, context, well, no, and it's purely a misreading of the word, but no one reads that word as no. pussy. Ah, no, pussy. no one does. I, I totally agree. I, I, I forgot what the story was as I was reading. I think I zoned out for a second. I was like, oh, hang on, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that line. And, yeah. Is this Jermaine Pennant's autobiography? <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, would not, that would have fitted in very well in Jermaine Pennant's one. Beautiful. Jack? One is just, I love kicking balls as far as I can. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, sounds like the sort of thing Alan Shearer would say on Match of the Day. Some of the men kick balls very hard, and you go, okay, "Yeah, that was, okay." That was the that was the working title for the book, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Gerrard, I like to kick balls as far as I can. Uh, and uh, my one is, I've seen Jeremy's Purple Palace with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> We've all gone a bit filthy, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's Purple Palace. Uh, when you said you had a filthy one, Glenn, I knew it'd be either that or the. It had the to be that. Pus- I mean, I, 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 I remember tweeting yeah. about that obsessed thing like five years ago because I, it, it just alarmed me so much. Yes. W- also, when I was like 16 or 17 with no output, like, when it was when the internet was in 2006, all you could do with that information was just build a new website for it. <laughs> I couldn't, it was, you couldn't go on Twitter <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Know. It's like that Twilight Zone, um, where the person has all the time in the world to read all the but books. It was and time now. Yeah, glasses. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've I've got the perfect line about a pussy. Oh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> but no one to tweet it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Someone finally said the word. So for the quiz this week, you're all named after words Stephen Gerrard uses to describe Clinton Morrison. So Jack, you're cocky Clinton. Glenn, you're Mr. Average, and James, you're a complete prick. So, uh, <laughs> uh, when you know the answer, shout your name out. Whoever says it first, uh, we'll get to answer the question. So, question one: What was Stephen Gerrard's favourite book at school? Oh, oh Cocky Clinton. Clinton! Oh God! <laughs> Cocky Clinton. What's the answer? Of mice and men is correct. He must have read it a, a, a thousand times. Yeah. The, the the pages fell apart. Apparently, Which, that was nice. That was nice. I don't that believe nice. that for a second. He read it once. <laughs> I think, or, 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 or I think he read it nuns. I didn't find it an easy book to get through. I just don't believe that Stephen Gerrard really took to it like a doctor. I just don't believe that. Didn't he say something like reading it back is actually quite sad with all the stuff that hasn't cured? Like, anytime you read it, it's sad. Yeah. It's, never, it's never a happy book. First no time was a laugh it. riot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, question number two. Uh, who does Stephen Gerrard swap shirts with after his England debut against Ukraine? Oh, shit. Um... 
Oh, oh, um, uh, Cocky Clinton. Cocky Clinton. No. It, it's uh, Oleg Lushny, isn't it? Oleg Lushny is the answer. Arsenal it's baffling because it, it, it's not even they swap shirts. It's they, they get a, a bunch of soggy Ukrainian shirts delivered to their door. Like yeah. it's some kind of drug deal like gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah they've Here are your soggy shirts. shirts move on. like day, days after the match. Yeah. yeah. And, and he had to like he rummage... He had to rummage through to find Oleg Luzhny's. So yeah, weird. he could have had Rev Rob or Shevchenko's. He goes, no, I'll take Luzhny's. Um, <laughs> question number three. Who was the king of banter for Liverpool schoolboys? King of banter. Oh, God. King uh, Glenn, of, I can't remember my name. Uh, your name is Mr. Average, Glenn. Mr. Average. Is it, is it Bellamy? It isn't Bellamy. It's it's Bellamy. Is it David James? It isn't David James, even though uh, yeah, his, his banter Cocky Clinton? Good. Yep. Is it Jason Kumas? Nope. Is the answer is Danny Murphy. Is oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, what cryptic name does Stephen consider saving his then-girlfriend Alex Curran as on his phone? A complete brick. Yes. Alan... Alan something. What the fuck? Yeah, you're close. You almost said it. You, about th- you said about three quarters of the surname. Alan, Alan Curran? No, Alan Cork. I'll give Cork. you. I'll give you. Oh, Alan Cork is the is the genius pseudonym he thinks of saving Alex. <laughs> so he doesn't want he doesn't want the rest of the players in the changing room taking his phone and messaging her. Um, you think that's so, Alan Curran's uh, drag uh, king name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Performance Alan Cork down the uh, down the I clubs swear, at the weekends. I swear Alan Cork played for Swansea alongside Gary Monk. <laughs> I swear, he, I swear he's a player. Um, so yeah, Cocky Clinton, you've run away with that, and your prize is uh, this week's Ken song. So, Glenn, every week on the show, our friend Ken writes us a chant about a player who's long since retired. So far this series, we've had Ricky Martin's Give It to Rio Coca and Danger Danger Mark Bosnich. Uh, this one, <laughs> this one to the tune of the Monkeys, I'm a Believer. Here we go. Then we saw him play. Now we're all believers. Never gives you space or plays you on side. We're in love. With David Wheater, you couldn't beat him <laughs> if you tried. <laughs> I like that one because uh, David Wheater is not like the featured bit of that song. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It yeah. takes a long time to it's get to David Wheater. It's a real build Wheater. up to that. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be usually the 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 chant name would come. I'm a believer. Yes, but here yeah, David yeah. Wheater is like it's you know six or seven lines down. Well done, Ken. Very good. It's like if you did a Hey Jude one and it only fit the player's name at like the twenty fifth nah. <laughs> don't 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 encourage him. Don't encourage him. He'll do that. Uh, another podcast we listen to is Twenty First Century Football, a podcast all about the best football of the past twenty one years. They've spoken about players such as Ronaldo, Zlatan, and Ronaldinho on the show, with many more names to come. Search Twenty First Century Football. Wherever you get your podcast from, Glenn Moore, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great fun. Thank you. I'm glad we get to give you the chance again to read this book that clearly meant No, so much thank you. Me. I loved it. And honestly, now, all I'm doing now is racking my brains trying to think of a player's name that now fits into the 21st nah. And all I can think of is nah, 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 <laughs> Mark Viduka. <laughs> Mark Viduka. Denver Bar probably fits me. Denver Bar is so yeah, much yeah. better. Denver Bar, Bar, yeah. Stephen Carr? <laughs> yeah. There's a few. There's a few. There's a few. If you've read Stephen Gerrard's book or any of the books this series, please get in touch with us. Send us any questions, anything you noticed. You can find us at Footy Book Club on Twitter, Instagram, Football Book Club, and or on Facebook. Please drop us a review in the app as well. Guys, thanks so much for today. Any last words? P U S S Y. Rude boy. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. You yeah, know what it true. spells? Puss. Uh, pus- oh my God, I can't <laughs> say it. Jeez. Good night. We've had enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Glenn Moore, Jack Bernhardt, and James Bowden. It was created by James Bug, and it was a crowd production. Thanks to Stephen for writing the book, but where are they all now? Well, Stephen Gerrard to become one of Liverpool's greatest ever players before writing himself into Rangers history by winning their first league title in a decade. Still not over the little thing, though. Yeah, to do that, left Liverpool to play for Real Madrid, never quite capturing the same form without Jamie Carragher telling him what to do. God has continued to hate AC Milan with a team not winning a major trophy in a decade. Glenn's still not totally sure what Nigel Martin looks like, and David James is still folding people into bins. The theme, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner and is used in a Creative Commons 4.0 license. We'll be back next week with a special wider reading episode where we'll be talking to author, podcaster, and journalist Tom Fordyce. Until then, bye bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 